Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. We've got a special show for you today. We've had a lot of questions and a lot of concern about what's going on over in Ukraine right now. And we, we've gotten a lot of feedback from farmers really all over the world about this, about, hey, I've got friends over there. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's some pictures. And uh, certainly we're all seeing some things on the news but we know we're not getting the whole story. And so we're really fortunate today uh, to have a special guest. We've got Roman Grinishin on with us right now, uh, who, who's from Ukraine and is, is doing some work right now to try and help the small farmers that are in Ukraine trying to get their crops in and trying to still keep on doing what they do over there. Roman, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate having you on. And uh, the team for having me here. It is an honor, and uh, I'm I'm very pleased to uh, be able to speak to American farmers and American audience here with about the truth, what's really going on in Ukraine, and especially about those things that uh, rarely any media uh, mentions uh, worldwide. I will say this too, if you're you're listening and, and you've got your vehicle pulled over to the side of the road or you're in the shop or, or somewhere where you can, can look quickly on the website, if you go to agphd.com and just click on our resources tab, we've got a link to the World to Rebuild Rural Ukraine. Uh, it'd be the first link there, and we've got a special message on there from our friend Neil Kinsey as well, uh, just talking about uh, what's happening there. Uh, Neil's been over to Ukraine, not not since all this has started, but uh, earlier he's been over there with Roman. He knows exactly the areas that, that we're talking about and going to talk about here, and, and some of the farmers, too, that have been affected by this. So uh, Neil is real passionate about this also, and... Uh, just just has so much confidence in what Roman is doing, and that's uh, been been a link for us too to to be able to work a little bit with Roman here. So we're real happy to have him on. All right, Roman. So uh, we got a few minutes here to start off. Why don't you set the table for this and and talk to us? I think uh, everybody's aware that. Uh, Russia has uh, invaded Ukraine, but uh, we think, oh, this is a military conflict, but this is really impacting farmers, it's re- impacting agriculture, uh, and, and certainly the general population. Uh, so first of all, allow me to correct you. Uh, Russia has not yet invaded Ukraine. They are doing their attempts, but they will never succeed. Uh, and uh, yes, of course, the uh, agricultural fields have become the second battlefields in this war because the uh, troops, the Russian troops, were coming through the actual fields uh, uh, that uh, the winter crops are growing and uh, through the villages where the people mainly involved in agriculture live. And uh, we've seen the results of the them coming through those villages when uh, they were forced to flee from uh, the northern part of Kyiv Oblast, which is equal to the state administrative region, and of course uh, this Chernihiv and uh, Kharkiv Oblast. So all the northern part was freed from them, however it was very much destroyed and damaged. Yeah, we've seen some pictures of this damage. And we think about Ukraine as a huge agricultural producer. And what a, I mean, it's never a good time for these things to happen, but their farmers trying to get crops in the ground. And here we've got all this craziness going on. And, and, uh, 
what's what's the state of of the crop getting in? This is something that we we think of. This is their livelihood too. Not not only is it their homes and their families, but uh, farming doesn't really take a year off. And uh, what are For farmers sure. able to get crop planted in in parts of the country or most of the country? What's happening there? So first of all, I would like to mention that uh, the major acreage-wise crop in Ukraine is wheat. And the majority of the acres under wheat is planted in the fall. So it is actually the winter wheat. By the time the war started, the plant, the uh, crop was already there, planted. And when it started to grow, it was started to cover the results of Russian invasion. First of all, there is the uh, explosives and a lot of mines in the field. So this is one of the issues the farmers who farm small grains, winter grains, they uh, are, it's like a Russian ruler for them whether to harvest or not because the canopies are covering the, the ground. The drones and other special uh, uh, equipment cannot identify the mines in their soil and uh, uh, the harvest time is coming soon. In, in the middle of June for some oblasts it is going to start. So the farmers are actually deciding whether to do this harvest or and, and risk their lives or leave it like that. The other thing is spring crops. According to different estimates, from 30 to 40% of spring crops will not be planted. And those are mainly for the corn, soybeans, sunflower. And uh, uh, you can imagine how big is the impact for the total uh, production in Ukraine and for the world market if we cut short our acreage uh, to like 30% from the spring crops. For you to understand the total acreage of the Ukra of Ukrainian agricultural production is about 70, 70 million acres. That's the land that is used for various crops uh, production. Uh, our winter crops usually take at least 30 to 40% at sometimes even more from the total acreage. So these, these numbers, right now it is hard to estimate uh, for the reason that there are a lot of regions still under the active war. However, I know a lot of farmers myself who are planting within 10 miles from the active war zone and they say we are wearing these helmets and uh, bulletproof vests, we are doing what we must do, but we can see through the window of the tractor the helicopters flying and shooting the military on the, uh, within these 10 miles. And uh, that is scary, but they still do it. Therefore. Their courageness uh, might bring those percent of the land unplanted and unharvested down. Well, it is amazing the courage of, of those farmers in Ukraine right now. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Again, we're talking to Roman Grinishin on our show right now about what's happening in Ukraine. You can find out more details and you can see the link for the world to rebuild rural Ukraine at the Ag PhD website. Just click on our resources tab and it's the first link there. We'll be right back after this and we'll be taking your calls as well. I should mention that if you have questions for Roman, he would love to answer them. 844-44-AG-PHD. Take a second and listen. You hear that? That's the sound of your roots growing where they've never gone before. There are additional nutrients and water in your soil, hidden in tough-to-reach spaces. 
With MycoApply Endoprime, hyphae attach to the root hairs to reach small areas inaccessible to big roots, even some that are tied up in the soil. Applied in furrow at planting, MycoApply Endoprime uses four, four unique species of mycorrhizal fungi to go where roots can't. Unlock the potential of your corn crop with MycoApply Endoprime, and by nurturing your soil today, you're helping to ensure future harvest will be just as bountiful. For more information, talk to your local retailer or visit valent.com endoprime. Always read and follow label instructions. Nitrogen is a mysterious nutrient. We are never sure if we have enough, too much, or even if the nitrogen we applied is still there when the plant needs it. With 360 Y-Job, you can provide just the right amount of nitrogen when and where you need it. A mid-season application lets you resupply lost nitrogen or lower your rates to get a maximum efficiency while maintaining yield potential. Put more efficiency and flexibility in your nitrogen program with 360 Y-Drop. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We are talking about Ukraine today and what what's happening with farmers over there and what's happening in the country. And we're happy to have Roman Grinishin on with us right now. Uh, Roman, you mentioned the the world to rebuild rural Ukraine. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're raising money for? And then also for a lot of farmers out there, they're interested. How can they get involved? How can they help? We we see other farmers. Uh, in, in different parts of the world that are struggling, and uh, we sure want to step in and, and do what we can. Uh, thank you for this question. So first of all, I would like to mention that thanks to the efforts of uh, the uh, colleague of yours, the sweet corn producer in Germany, his daughter s approached me at the very beginning and said, I have a thousand euros. I would like to pass them to those in need in Ukraine. And when I was investigating how to identify those in need, we actually identified the whole stratum of the village society in Ukraine who are the last to get this help from the other countries. And we are getting a lot of help for the refugees, with the military, with the, even the food, although Ukraine is the breadbasket, but we're still getting some from the neighboring countries. And as a result, we've come up to this with this uh, strategy that covers the smallest family farms or like village households that are growing a little bit of every crop, but they're that substantial in the total food supply that they produce about 90, 90% of potatoes in the total capacity of the of Ukraine, about 60, 60% of the uh, milk of the dairy products, and at least 40% of horticulture. There are all those statistical data on our website, but these people, they there are many of them, and they are left alone. For the reason that they are so small, they cannot get neither the loan, they do not have any alternative uh, uh, equity to sell and to get the, the money to rebuild. And uh, what our coordinators saw when they came to Kiev Oblast, north 
uh, of the Kiev Oblast, which is uh, free already for about uh, a, a month uh, from Russian soldiers. First of all, there are a lot of places still with mines. Secondly, the uh, at least every tenth household is destroyed. Is destroyed to the state that people cannot live there. However, these people at some times they do not have alternative places to go, so they stay in the basements. They live in the basements right now, and what we saw at some and the photographs are, are on our website. Each story is there a separate picture, separate page. So they uh, there is sometimes only a chimney standing, and the older ladies they are cooking Easter bread in those ovens. No walls, nothing else left. Uh, so our goal is to help these smallest agricultural producers be able to secure the roof over their head and also get what they have been earning for in terms of the production facilities and production equipment for these small family farms. We are not targeting to upgrade them. We are just giving back what they've earned for but were ruthlessly taken away. Some some villages have been destroyed totally. And you can Google it, the Moshun village. It uh, equals the, the, the loss to the private enterprises, sorry, to the private households, not the enterprises. This I'm talking about the houses, equals 32, 33 million dollars. This is a little bit less than a thousand houses totally destroyed deliberately from air by Russians just because they didn't like the fact that they were were pushed out from this territory. Yeah, it is just terrible. The devastation is is uh, unthinkable. And when you look at these smaller farmers, Roman, they are so important. It's very much like in our country, uh, small farms and family farms are, are producing so much of what we're doing here. And you think about that. If, uh, if you're in that spot, uh, what do you do, and how do you how do you get started again? And that's that's why they need some help. If you've got questions for Roman, I, I just want to mention as we're we're doing this, Roman's in studio, and we're talking about this live. If you have a question, give us a call eight four four forty four ag phd. You can also email us radio at agphd.com if you have a question for Roman, and I will ask that. Um, when you think about this, one of the questions that's come in, Roman, is just about exports. What are you doing about exports without the ports, with harvest just right around the corner? Is there a chance as farmers, and, and we know farmers are going to harvest the wheat. We, we've seen the courage of, uh, of the farmers there. They're going to try everything they can to harvest that wheat. How are they going to get it out of the country, Roman? So for you to understand the total capacity of our storage facilities throughout Ukraine is about 57 million metric tons. That is including the ports and terminals in the ports in the south, which is uh, almost uh, all, which are almost all controlled by Russians. Uh, these are the, according to different estimates, at least three-fourths have been already stolen by Russians. And uh, we see the pictures from satellites, we see the news from the uh, uh, from other countries that Russian ships are coming over proposing to sell our grain. And they are even talking on the video on their channels uh, how they are going to be selling Ukrainian commodities to China. 
regarding the export, for you to understand statistically, uh, 85% of the total export from Ukraine was done through the sea. We have seven ports that can do agricultural commodities export. All of them are right now unable to do that because they, uh, first of all, because the seas are mined with the mines in the water and also because Russians are controlling the ports. So Russians know how to lead out the vessels with Ukrainian grain to sell it for their own uh, uh, benefit. However, neither of the developed world uh, ship and uh, vessels would come and take it from Ukraine nor from Russia. Uh, so this 85%, it totaled about 5 million of metric tons per month. And the total export per month was about 5.5, 5.7. So as a result, by the start of the war, we were left with at least 20 million metric tons of the commodities that must be exported because otherwise there will be no place for the new harvest coming in and uh, only 0.7 uh, million capacity to do via the railroad and railroad is a very developed system in Ukraine unlike in the United States it is owned by the government so it is one uh, company uh, but right now it is overloaded with tasks. It is playing a huge role in the security uh, in, in, the, in this war. So first of all, it is supplying the army with uh, machinery and with uh, ammunition back to the uh, east. It is taking the refugees from the east to the west or even outside the country. And also it is uh, working for the businesses, like uh, the businesses that do export. For you to understand, total export from Ukraine, 40% uh, uh, of it is agriculture. So right now what we can do is 0.7 uh, million per month through the railroads. And where to take it? To Europe, where the ports are already contracted by European grain. The, as a result, within one month, the Constance port in Romania uh, has risen the prices for reloading for about four times within months. What does it give to the final consumer? Higher prices. Even though we are able to export, the price is still going up. Who is buying? The countries who cannot afford the expensive commodities. The countries like Somalia, the countries like Egypt and others. And that is the problem that is uh, uh, spreading throughout the world uh, and uh, affecting not that much Ukraine as the, the world's uh, food security. Yeah, it's a big thing, and we're, we're feeling some ripples of that here, but you're right. It, it's other countries that are really taking a lot of the blunt of this, too, that, that normally would end up getting exports coming from Ukraine. Now, we're talking with Roman Grinishin on our show today about Ukraine, and we're also taking your calls and agronomic questions. I know we've had a few questions that have been coming in for Roman. We'll get to some of those right after this short break. If you would like to get involved, if you would like to donate, if you'd like to help small family farms in Ukraine, the world to rebuild rural Ukraine is is how you can do that. It's WRRU.org. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that money is getting to farmers in Ukraine to help them get back to where they were right after this short break. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio.
what does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, it means getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting experts who will work with you to create a program unique to your operation, all while accounting for the quality of your soil and the products you're already using. It's not just a product, it's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com. Farmers everywhere are discovering Germinator closing wheels. Dick from Iowa says, in every case, our germination rate was better than expected. Total destruction of the furrow sidewall and ideal seed-to-soil contact. See what others are saying at farmshopmfg.com. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event this summer. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support and encourage folks entering the ag industry. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. Though this day is geared towards high school and college students as well as young farmers, anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. Our hands-on sessions in the field will include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, the role of natural microbes in farming, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So whether you're a college student or just want some good agronomy information, this is one event you won't want to miss. It's the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day, Saturday, June 25th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. Maximum application flexibility. Maximum yields at harvest, whether or not. Relentless is the kind of control you'll always get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Low use rate Anthem Max Herbicide protects corn and soybean crops from the toughest broadleaf weeds and grasses, including water hemp, palmer pigweed, foxtails, crabgrass, and more. Dual modes of action and lasting overlapping residuals also help you minimize resistance in your fields. Its easy to tank mix formulation and wide application window make Anthem Max Herbicide the crop protection choice that's ready when you are. Rain or shine. Weather or not, relentless. That's Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and it's a special program today. We've had so many questions and so much concern about what's happening in the Ukraine. Uh, certainly, this is a huge agricultural producer with the capabilities to feed over 600 million people. So very, very important in the global food market. And then for all of us as farmers, it certainly impacts our markets when we have a huge disruption like this uh, with fertilizer, with grain, with uh, all, all these things. And we know 
what a challenge it's been here. We can only imagine what it's been for the farmers there. So we've got Roman Grinishin on with us right now. And Roman is uh, working to raise money to help the small-sized Ukrainian farmers that have been impacted by this. Uh, we've got information up. The, the website for the world to rebuild rural Ukraine is wrru.org. You can learn more there. Or if you're interested in donating, you certainly can. Uh, Roman's contact information is there if you want to ask him more questions. And certainly on today's program, you can call with questions. If you'd like to talk to Roman, it's 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can email us radio at agphd.com. All right, Roman, I've had a number of questions come in, and one of them, uh, the question came in, how does Roman get the aid to these farmers in rural areas with all that's going on in Ukraine right now? So first of all, my main job and our team's main job was organizing the egg events, egg uh, uh, tours, uh, farm tours worldwide for Ukrainian farmers. Therefore, we have a team of at least 10, uh, by saying at least, because we need always to hire more for certain projects uh, of our employees, as staff, uh, project coordina coordinators. They are, uh, majority of them are men, and they left stayed in Ukraine. They didn't leave the country. Therefore, what we do, uh, the algorithm, first of all, we use the network of the trusted farmers in Ukraine, who I personally have been uh, familiar with at least 10 years in every oblast. And them being patriots uh, for, for their communities, they uh, objectively point out those households that are in most need for this help. Then our project coordinators come over to these uh, households, assess the losses, uh, hire the third-party assessment, and once we have the budget, it is approved by the reputable um, foreign uh, ambassadors. And we have this board of ambassadors who allow us, who make decisions, uh, to make the right decisions on who to help and who not to help. Therefore, once it is approved by the Board of Ambassadors, the money is transferred onto the account of the project coordinator. And the assigned project coordinator is responsible for the final outcome. So he is reporting on the 14-day uh, basis how the reconstruction is going on. And by the end of the uh, reconstruction, he reports on the total project what was done. But only after it is approved by the Board of Ambassadors. And these project coordinators, they are people I've come through many parts in the world, many various situations, so I trust them like myself. Roman, I had a question come in earlier. We were talking about mines, and we've seen this online too, where farmers have posted pictures of tractors blown up as they hit mines out in fields. How common is that, that, that there would be mines placed out in wheat fields? And uh, how are farmers possibly going to farm around that? Unfortunately, this is very common in the territories that were occupied. And especially where Russians were leaving the territories, they were trying to mine as much as possible, including some of the storages with food for the for these small households. For example, they have taken a number of sacks with potato out of them, the basement and mined, uh, placed the mine under those sacks. For the fields, uh, the... Unfortunately, I'm receiving the uh, news about the tractor exploded 
either in Zaporizhia or in uh, the northern oblast of Ukraine every week. And uh, most in most cases, uh, the drivers survive, but not always. There was a one case last week that the farmer, farmer actually died because of the injuries he got. Uh, uh, he was driving a small size tractor uh, made by Belarus. Uh, so and uh, Russians have been using these sophisticated systems, uh, distantly mining the fields. And this is one more of the reasons why I say that agricultural fields are the second battlefields. For the reason that they, uh, they can do the, apply the precision technology to placing mines in the fields by the map. Which means they themselves can pass through that field knowing the, pa the safe paths. However, the farmers and the people not knowing them will most likely explode. And uh, instead of doing that with the uh, territories where the war is going on, with the war fields, battlefields, they are doing it with agricultural fields. And uh, uh, we cannot assess how uh, many of the mines are there, but according to some, for me it is just terrible number, but uh, I'm just bringing what I read on the, from our new, uh, ministry, they said that half of the territory of Ukraine is under a certain um, uh, risk of being mined. So it wow. needs to be checked. Wow, that is terrible. Um, Roman, one, one other question that came in here. What does the population of Ukraine look like? How many have left the country? Who is left to still farm? And then who is defending the country? Uh, the total population of Ukraine is about 42, 43 million people. When the war started, a lot of uh, men took their families and were taking them towards west, western part of Ukraine or uh, across the border. Uh, when they secured their families, majority of them returned. This is an interesting fact that that is why the sales of vegetables dropped in the central Ukraine for the reason that women are in charge of cooking these sophisticated meals that involve vegetables, like, for example, Ukrainian borscht. And men are good to slice a couple of uh, uh, slices of meat and bread, and they, they are good to go. Uh, men, majority of the men stayed uh, in the country. And uh, uh, if we speak the, uh, about the distribution of uh, uh, men in agriculture and in the uh, um, war zones, there was a law issued that the priority is to be given to the agricultural production if the person is legitimate to go to the army, but he is also involved in the actual planting season. Even taking that into consideration, uh, the lack of the labor is huge. It is at least uh, 50 to uh, 60 percent of uh, labor that the farmers are lacking. But that's not the only thing. They are supplied with the inputs uh, also to the maximum extent 70 percent. Therefore, we are expecting lower yields only from the, for the reason that there is less inputs there. Uh, a lot of people were wondering if uh, Ukrainians were trying to flee the country. Uh, for you to understand, I didn't want to leave the country. It was just my male friends who asked me to take their families to safe place because I could, I'm the multiple children father. And uh, there was such an interesting also observation. Um, Ukrainian men would be giving bribes not to go to the army in the peaceful time. However, when the war started, 
all those who even were not allowed to go to the army stood in line and were trying to find ways how to get their weapon and to start the protecting the land. So the this this bad uh, situation, this this war has made everybody get uh, united and do whatever everybody can do to win and to 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 protect uh, the land. So I think I think uh, according to the statistics, how many have left? Majority of those are women who want to return, and uh, there, there are millions who left. However, majority of the men are still in Ukraine, and they are supplying the army, they are supplying the the population and the economy. Yeah, that is an important thing. People want to go home. They want to get back, and that's what Roman is trying to do, and that's why we're talking about this on today's show. Uh, you can get involved. You can donate, if you're able, at World to Rebuild Rural Ukraine. It's org is the website. You can find all the details there. If you just want to learn more about it and see what's really going on and get the stats and the information, uh, you certainly can visit that website as well. Taking your calls and questions here at Ag PhD Radio for Roman right now. It's 844 44 Ag PhD. We'll be right back. What's new from New Farm? Longbow EC Herbicide, the latest in our portfolio of versatile weed management tools, gives you another Carfentrazone option, taking aim at more than 60 broadleaf weed species. Did we mention economical? Longbow EC's low use rate makes it a flexible tank mix partner with most burned down non-selective herbicides. Ask your dealer for Longbow EC, available for fall. Warehouse, what can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more. And don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. Compromise is nice if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's Revitech fungicide, fast-acting and long-lasting, preventative and curative, disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw, an old bargain bill, and take your full prize in yields with Revitech fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions. 
It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we are talking with special guest Roman Grinishin about Ukraine and what's happening over there. Uh, and we've had a number of questions come in. One of them, Roman, that came in earlier, uh, just wondering about technology. And you had mentioned that that your your company and your group has helped Ukrainian farmers to get around the world to, to pick up new technology, to learn new methods. And the adoption of technology over the last 10 or 15 years in Ukraine has been dramatic. Uh, we've all heard about the land. I've been to Ukraine myself, and I've seen it um, get beautiful farmland and beautiful soils there and now the technology piece too so the question is where where is ukraine in terms of technology and uh, adoption of new equipment and new farming methods uh, when i was starting my career in 2008 i brought the first group to the ohio state and they were uh, just astonished with the new technologies of precision farming, uh, grid sampling, and minimum tillage even. Uh, they asked me uh, to uh, to organize the tour about the corn and soybean production, but that was everything was new for them. Right now, uh, we've had st- that good uh, conditions for doing agricultural business that the farmers w- are able to afford even the drones that are spraying and that are applying chemicals uh, to their fields, and this is some of the service that is uh, becoming more and more popular. They have um, the same tractors, uh, like uh, the newest ones, once they appear on the market, uh, as in the United States, the huge systems of the uh, silos, like elevators. And uh, I would say that they have done a huge leap over these 10 years in catching up with the technology, because, ed- because we do not have any uh, agricultural science we do not have we hardly have any local production of agricultural equipment there were some factories uh, tractor factories and so on but they they do not compete with the world leaders therefore majority of the technologies equipment and uh, machinery ukrainian farmers have been purchasing from overseas and mainly from united states of america so we, we are actually very, th- there is a lot to show, and I hope by by the time, after the uh, victory, I will be able to invite any of you to show how beautiful our country can be in terms of both e- agricultural industry and uh, just, just nature uh, when it is peace. Roman, uh, we had had a caller uh, call in and said, boy, I really want to hear more about uh, Roman and his family. How did you get out of Ukraine safely? And then what about your family that's still there? Are you still in touch? And, and what are you hearing? Uh, so first of all, I'm a multiple children father. I have three kids and uh, all of my family, my closest family uh, are with me here. Uh, uh, I was, uh, when we heard about the explosions uh, I was going to go to the airport to fly with the group of farmers to for the networking tour to Costa Rica 
At winter time, our farmers uh, like to to do some fun uh, in warm places. Instead, I went to where my family was at that time, the northwestern part of Ukraine, uh, within. 100 miles to the border with Poland and 100 miles to the border with Belarus. I got there, we waited for three nights and then I wanted to secure them and uh, me and my male friends from the region, we agreed that we will meet at the customs uh, in the line to cross the border and uh, let the women and children go out from the country. Uh, we stood there for 34 hours and uh, more and more of my friends joined. As a result, we found out that uh, there is this kind of regulation that allows me to leave the country. But I didn't take anything with me except the passport and uh, laptop that I always take. So they, uh, we discussed with, with my friends and we decided that I will make sure that all the ladies, actually that was 15 ladies and children uh, driving five cars, uh, we will be, I will make sure that they get the destination point, which was, uh, which is the uh, farm of the biggest sweet corn producer in Germany. And that was the reason that made me convinced, convinced me to cross the border. So uh, when we were in Germany, it was in five days after that, because these uh, ladies, they haven't driven even outside the cities. It was quite tough for them to cover that distance over uh, a thousand miles. Uh, then we started to think what we can do to help Ukraine. First project was to help the army with all the ammunition, with all the medical stuff, and I've participated distantly in that. I was collecting this, uh, this aid from uh, European uh, farmers, clients of mine. And then uh, the situation with the daughter of the farmer who we were staying at, uh, turned our eyes to to focus on the uh, on the stratum of the society who are least protected these small farmers she approached me and she said we have collected 1000 euros would you be able to pass this uh, to the, the the people most in need in ukraine and i used my network of uh, clients in ukraine to identify the family. The first two said, sorry, we are in the basement hiding from the uh, bombs. We will be able to answer a question uh, within a couple of weeks. And then I called the farmer in the western Ukraine. Uh, he also has a different business of uh, tourism, so he owns a small hotel. And uh, instead of um, uh, renting out the rooms, he just provided all his uh, hotel for the shelter of uh, uh, people, ref refugees. And as a result, he said, sure, I have the family who needs it because they lost everything, literally everything, and they hardly got evacuated. And um, when we listened to their story, that was just something. Because the older generation, the grandma, she survived the World War II, and the same situation happened during the war. Russia, uh, sorry, uh, back then it was Germans, they destroyed the house totally. It took her decades to rebuild. Then her grandson returned from the bigger city to her place with the family. They model, remodeled, uh, upgraded the house. Uh, he purchased the tractor and started doing some agricultural work. And again, Russians came and destroyed everything. So uh, this is when this was the moment when we understood uh, who, what we need to do. And we were the only one, and unfortunately, we are still the only one focusing this uh, these people. And uh, I 
partnered, I've started communication with my international partners, and we've developed this system uh, that we uh, put into the basement, so to say, of World to Rebuild Rural Ukraine. And it was within maybe two weeks after we had the idea, uh, I understood that uh, one thing is to do it uh, distantly, the other thing is uh, to come over and tell in person. And uh, a lot of news are coming, we have a lot of partners in Ukraine who are supporting us with the information. So uh, I understood that my main goal should be to spread the word about what is really going on and how it uh, how much it needs the help of the of the world how much these people need so as a result i uh, i had some savings i spent them for the airplane tickets for all my family and uh, with help of the volunteers here and by the way separate thank you to the uh, uh, hefty brothers uh, for providing us with uh, accommodation while here we are able to travel throughout the United States with this message. I've already covered five states and more uh, than five are still ahead. We're talking with Roman Grinishin here about Ukraine. Uh, we had a question come in. We've got about a minute before this next break. Uh, what do you hear in the American news that rings true? Do you hear some things that, that just aren't true or we don't have the whole story? Uh, so far, we haven't paid that much attention to the news. However, from what we hear from the people, majority is truth. I would say that I myself was taking information more from the American sources of information, like intelligence uh, from the United States and from Great Britain, rather than our own one. Uh, the only thing that I'm not hearing is the uh, stories of those rural areas. So we have a lot of information worldwide. Uh, about the infrastructure losses, about the export of the grains, about the military problems, about the economy, and so on. However, nobody talks about the, the rural areas. And uh, uh, speaking of what's true, majority of what we hear is really true. There is some uh, attitude uh, that uh, might be different in Ukraine. However, uh, that's that's just subjective uh, point of view about the, uh, this or that situation. Well, tell you what, Roman, let's uh, continue that thought. We'll take a short break here. We'll be right back. We're with Roman Grinishin. And if you have a question, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. At AgPhD, we want to support anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free AgPhD Scouting and Scholarships event. 
In-field sessions include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So this is one event that you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash Howler to learn more. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. listening to Hack PhD Radio or broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And we've got a special guest. We have Roman Grinishin on with us right now from Ukraine, just talking about the whole situation that's going on in Ukraine right now. And one of the things that, that Roman has uh, been so integral in to, to help farmers back in Ukraine is set up the World to Rebuild Rural Ukraine. You can find the website WRRU.org. And one of the purposes here of Roman's trip to the United States is he's trying to, to make connections with big decision makers here with some of the major United States corporations that are doing business in Ukraine with Ukrainian farmers uh, to, to help those farmers out. They're going to do business. They're going to benefit in the long term by getting Ukraine back up and running as fast as possible and helping these farmers rebuild and, and start uh, providing the food the way they have been for, for so many years. So if you're one of those people, if you're listening, and I know we have a lot of our listeners that, that are working for these large corporations, uh, and you know the decision makers or you are the decision maker, Roman's contact information can be found at the WRRU.org website. Uh, he, he would love to talk with you and, and see what you can do to help and how uh, we can partner to work together on this. That, that would just mean so much. Um, Roman, the rural areas just get missed. And I think this has come up over and over again, that when aid comes to a country well, like like Ukraine right now, so much of it gets targeted for big cities and uh, infrastructure and these types of things. But here are small farmers who have lost their one and only tractor or have lost their livestock or lost their barn or their house. Uh, and uh, that's that's just something I, I don't know if there aren't groups like what you're doing. I don't know how those farmers ever get any aid. 
Uh, that's very right. Unfortunately, we are the only ones who are targeting these people. And uh, for you to understand, uh, the total acreage that they farm is about 30%. So it is huge in terms of the return on investment. Therefore, there is another side here, the economical side. I right now uh, have um, initiated the process of helping the farmer, uh, although he is probably the top biggest within our uh, criteria. However, we have focused and we are uh, organizing the aid from the Ukrainian farmers towards him because he is the 500 hectares farmer. He has been doing his homework very well by supplying his inputs upfront from the fall. Then Russians came, they uh, made their uh, the, his farm as their stronghold. They have destroyed all the storages, including the crops that he left to sell in order to get some uh, revenue uh, for the planting season. But furthermore, they have taken all of the tools and appliances and equipment that were at this farm. And um, he is 500 hectares, so he is about to grow and to start purchasing the huge equipment of world uh, brands and uh, uh, more costly seeds and so on. However, now he is thrown back to maybe 20 years at least. And if we help him right now with anything what we can do, uh, next year or maybe within two years, he might continue growing and uh, actually become the client of those bigger corporations. This is one of the benefits uh, any corporation that is having business in Ukraine can get from participation in this in this program. Uh, there are also a bunch of other uh, things that I can talk about. However, these farmers, uh, they unless they are helped, they will be uh, left like bankrupt and they will uh, sh look for shelter somewhere. Uh, right now they live in the basement, so there is no one else left for, for them like a hope. Uh, mm, totally Ukraine can feed about 400 million people at least. That was the worst years. Uh, 600 million, that's uh, in all. And if you uh, take 30% out of it, so here is the return on investment into these small family farms. They are like ants that are building huge uh, buildings in, in the nature and in the, in the world uh, food supply. It, we were, Roman is just talking about some of the biggest farmers that would be helped in this program would be farmers that are farming roughly it, when you look at the conversion of hectares to acres it's it's about two and a half acres in each hectare so he's talking about 1200 acre farmers and smaller and uh, small farmers in rural areas of Ukraine really need some help uh, again you can find more details wrru.org and you can find that website if you go to agphd.com um, and just click on our resources tab. We've got a link there as well. Uh, a question came in, Roman, are there safe places in Ukraine? Are there places Ukrainians are, are fleeing to in that country? And then um, uh, what what is changing over there now? What are you hearing from farmers that you talk to in occupied areas and, and in areas that are safe? Uh, the farmers that are in the areas that are relatively safe, they continue planting and they do what they can do within the inputs they are supplied. Of course, the number one problem shortage is the diesel, which is extremely rare to find. Uh, the farmers in the occupied areas, like for example, Kherson, which is the Ukrainian California, it has the most sophisticated uh, irrigation system out of 
any of the Soviet countries because there was based the university uh, that uh, dis- discovered all those irrigation facts. Uh, so now it is totally under control of Russians. And what I'm hearing, uh, nothing good, unfortunately. First of all, people are disappearing forever uh, with the families. Secondly, uh, Russians came over to the farmers and say, you have 15 days to provide the statistical data, all the addresses of all your locations. And we will kind of like help you sell. In fact, when the farmers provide this information, the uh, commodities just vanish from their storages. And uh, uh, they need to sign their papers that 70% of the future yield will be voluntarily given off for the sake of Russian military or Russian administration in in those cities. Uh, Answering the question which place is safe, 100% 100% safe place is only across the border from Ukraine so far because the missiles are reaching any locations. There was a case when in Lviv, which is a peaceful city in the west, the family came to change the tires for the spring ones and the missile hit this uh, auto repair station. Unfortunately, everybody died. Uh, the same situation in the fields. Just recently in the Zaporizhia uh, region, the missile hit the tractor working in the field, just while the tractor was going through the field. Uh, however, if we uh, look at the uh, situation, how it is changing, the percentage of the missiles that were intercepted by our anti-missile systems is growing. That's thanks to the support and help from the allies abroad. And uh, this this risk is going to minimum right now. Uh, uh, there is no uh, evidence of Russians wanting to re-enter the northern oblasts and to make this mess what they made at the beginning of uh, March in this oblast. However, uh, having this crazy neighbor to to our doors uh, requires a lot of uh, precautionary measures and I think we have learned the lesson. So I would say that uh, there are regions that are most likely not going to have the uh, situation they had in February and March. However, the occupied regions are still suffering and uh, it will take a couple of months until we free them up with, with everybody's help. Yeah, there is certainly a lot to do, a lot of work to to rebuild Ukraine. What we're focusing on today is uh, the the small-sized farmers in these rural areas of Ukraine that are so important to production and, and just need help. They're getting overlooked with any of the aid coming into the country. Uh, we've, we've had Roman Grinishin on our show today, and Roman works with an organization called World to Rebuild Rural Ukraine. There's a lot of information there. There are videos, pictures, uh, and, and just information of folks here in the United States that are supporting and are ambassadors for, for this group uh, to try to help Ukrainian farmers. The website is wrru.org. You can learn more there. If you're able to, you can also donate right there, and, and any amount will certainly help. There's a lot to, to do. Um, Roman had mentioned the costs of just each farm that they're trying to help, and, and some farms have minimal damage, and some farms have complete damage. And so it's it's people on the ground in Ukraine working individually with these farmers in rural areas to find out where they can do the most benefit and provide the most help to, to turn things around as quickly as possible because it is such a critical producer of food in the world and certainly 
these Ukrainian citizens haven't done anything wrong either. So we're, we're trying to help them out. So again, it's WRRU.org and there's contact information there. If you would like to talk to Roman Grinishin uh, yourself uh, and get involved, you sure can. Roman, thank you so much for being on today. We really appreciate having you here. And uh, for all you folks out there, thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. Thank you.